Welcome to the Connect2 Marriage Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Are you interested to learn how to listen well and improve your communication in marriage? Hello and welcome to the Connect2 Marriage Podcast. I'm Gary and I'm your host for this episode. In this episode of the Connect2 Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that couples ask about marriage, communication and conflict and so much more. We hope you'll keep tuning in to learn with us as you grow closer, deeper and stronger in your marriage. Today we'll be exploring what helps us listen better and more intentionally in our marriages. And we will extend our discussion from part one by sharing more listening tips and tricks. Is your spouse a good listener? Are you a good listener to your spouse? What are some key ingredients we can practice and apply in our conversations to help our spouse feel we are listening better? Today, we are privileged to have Gaius and Heng Wei joining us again and sharing their experiences. Welcome again. Hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. Thank you. Yes. Perhaps you can just share with us to our listeners who, if you didn't tune in last week, please tune in to last week's episode. Mm-hmm. But today, we're going to carry on talking about the whole topic of listening. But maybe uh, let's just focus a little more on what are some essential uh, things that we need to remember in, in when we are listening to one another. One of the things that I talked about was being able to set aside a proper time, being able to uh, focus when you are listening. Yeah. That means not multitasking, for example. And uh, if you are not able to do that, uh, then it's also good to articulate that and to communicate that and maybe set aside another time instead. Not multitasking. Put aside your phone. <laughs> phone yeah. is one thing, yeah. yeah. Put aside your phone. And I think that will also mean we need to find a better time to talk rather than talking when... Uh, I know in, in my own relationship, when my wife mm. tries to talk to me when I'm watching a soccer match, my brain doesn't function. And That's the best time she, to get something out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, that time, and that makes her a little more frustrated. But then we've learned along the way that, uh, but you mentioned, we need to find the space and time. So there are certain times... Don't even try communicating with one another. Yes, yeah. And also, I think if your emotions are a bit riled up, I mean, as we talked about in the previous segment as well, one of the challenges that I feel that was difficult for us to address certain issues on the spot as soon as possible is because like emotionally, I'm not ready. Or emotionally, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, especially with kids, for example. So that would not be a good time to really listen. Yeah. So how do you prepare yourself when you're not ready? How do you communicate with one another that you're not ready? What do you actually say to each other? I know Gaius has ever said, not now. <laughs> it's just short and sweet, but it's enough for me to know that if I'm going to keep going further, he may explode on the spot. And I think we have just said, I'll, we'll talk about this later. Just being honest and uh, clear about it. We don't shut down each other. We don't cold war. We just tell each other that, hey, not now, but later. Make sure you have a specific time. Two weeks yeah. later? Or... No, no, yeah, no, no. Not too long. I guess it's usually the next day. Or like tonight. I mean, really, it depends on our schedule now. Mm-hmm. So if we have time tonight, he'll just say, okay, let's talk about it when I'm back from work. Yeah. Okay, so when the emotions are calmer yeah, and our brains function a little better, easier to communicate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes. But it's important to communicate that we need to find another time to talk and not try to get at it at that moment. Yes. Maybe just to add on from the guy's perspective, because sometimes we do address conflicts at work and probably we may be addressing it better than at home. 
certain work practices, you conduct meetings, you try not to actually explode when you're stuck with so many things, right? So I guess, like, you know, speaking from a guy's perspective and to all the guys who are listening out there, it's also good to bring in good corporate practices. I mean, for lack of better word, but rather like practices that are usually you are familiar with. Because sometimes certain things need to be addressed in a timely and also in an effective way. And sometimes what we practice at work can work as well. I would like to also encourage that. Sometimes find you're more gracious with people at the office than yes. you are at people at home. Yes. Yeah? yeah. What other tools or tips can we have to help us develop in, in being better listeners? Look at the person. I mean, simply put, look at the person when someone is talking or even as a recipient. Uh, wait for the person to look at you, maybe, before you speak. If my husband's eyes are glued to the computer, instead of just talking immediately, maybe I can put my hand on his shoulder, make sure his eyes are on me before I start talking. Then that will make me less frustrated when he's not listening. Yeah, because maybe he's just not ready in the moment to listen. Yeah. I remember when my son was young and my wife was at the computer and my son was trying to communicate with her mm. and she was just answering him and finally he got a little frustrated and did exactly what you just said. Grabbed her face, made her look at his face and said, Mom, will you please listen with your eyes? This is what he said, listen with your eyes. And wow. I think they're always stuck in us, like listening with your eyes. And we've been just talking about mm. it, giving your uh, eyes attention that, yes. um, that we are important. That's why I've never forgotten those words. So whenever someone speaks, or at least my child speaks, I make sure I'm listening with my eyes rather than just listening with my to ears. To look at the person. I think eyes also gives a little bit more on just verbally but rather you give non-verbal cues which is like you know maybe the body posture and you, you turn your body towards the person and, and turning and not turning does uh, give a big difference right i mean you can be faced away and you can still be listening but if i am really listening and i'm really giving my attention to you i would turn to you and uh, just like how i would give my attention to our children okay what is it that you want i think that gives a lot more comfort and assurance uh, that the person is being hurt. Speaking of verbal and non-verbal things, I was just thinking that listening is not just like listening to words. I think a lot of times there's also listening in terms of us listening to people's non-verbal communication. So recently there's been several occasions where Gears would get very upset with our son. And in that moment, I could easily take over whatever he's doing with him. It's usually like caregiving duties. Let's say he's giving him a shower. And then I can see, obviously, Gaius is really riled up and upset. And then I'll just tell him like, hey, let me take over. Then he will say, no, it's okay, I can do it. But in the moment, I knew from watching him that he's actually not okay. Like if he continues on with caregiving duties to my son, he might really just explode because my son is still going on in his usual ways that triggers him. Lah. So basically, in, I mean, in Chinese, we have this thing called 口不对心 ah. That's when you are saying like, um, what is spoken doesn't tally up with what one actually feels. So when he's in this angry mode and then he says, I'm okay, I will have to look at his body cues and then tell him, hey, it's okay, I can take over. And usually Gaius will just relent and then he say, okay, you go and do it. And this doesn't just happen to Gaius, but it happens to me sometimes too. You know, when I will just say something that doesn't tally up to how I actually feel. You know, because I'm in that mode of like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to finish the task. But then he'll feel that, hey, I can't do it anymore because I might snap at any moment. That's why he'll step in and then offer help. 
And I find that very helpful, like very useful in our marriage, especially when we are taking care of children. This is like partnership. I mean, it's kind of like um, I'm passing the baton to him and him back to me. And taking care of them only when we are emotionally right or in the right place. I think we tend to say I'm okay when we're not okay. <laughs> it's just like the immediate response. I'm, I'm okay. I can handle it. But actually, uh, everyone knows I'm not handling well. Uh, but mm. I think th that's when understanding each other comes in. And mm. not feeling defensive when your spouse or your partner tries to intervene to help. But yeah. listening doesn't mean I have to rescue you all the time. I think mm. part of communicating, is when I want my wife to listen, I'm not asking her for a solution sometimes. I just need to talk. And yes. because my wife is very good at troubleshooting, mm. she immediately wants to give and <laughs> suggestions and do you need to do this, do this? I get a little frustrated, not, mm. not wanting to talk a little anymore because I feel I'm not hurt mm. what she feels. She's actually helping me. So her intention is not bad. I don't know whether that occurs in your own relationship as well. Marriage is one of the most rewarding things in life. Yet, navigating marriage as newlyweds or an engaged couple can sometimes get overwhelming. Whether it's managing expectations of the in-laws, getting a good grasp of your family finances, or establishing good habits of communication and healthy conflict. Focus on the Family Singapore's Marriage Preparation Program aims to help you build a solid foundation in the early years and prepare you for the adventure of your life. Visit family.org.sg slash C2 Marriage Prep for more information today. Yes, I think it's especially when I'm dealing with Heng Wei, I would know sometimes that she's looking for answers or solutions or she's just looking for an outlet to vent. In areas, for example, I mean, because we set up a specific routine at home and uh, that routine, for example, at home with regards to what to buy or what courses to take, what classes to sign up for. I know when she speaks to me or when she asks me certain things, I'm not just going to listen there as, oh, okay, uh, okay, and I don't, I don't say anything. That is a particularly a specific situation where I will need to respond by troubleshooting, by giving an answer or by making a decision. Uh, but there are certain areas where she probably shares um, about uh, certain relationships, how she feels about other people. And that's when I will say that, okay, it's, I'm just going to listen. I probably should not add oil also, you know, don't fan the flame as well. Although I do admit that sometimes because of certain <laughs> episodes, I, I may also get riled up, okay, which is also it's not a good thing because you end up both also ending up on the negative side or the emotional side. I will um, usually say that's not helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> then, enough, okay, let's reset. <laughs> let's reset. And I think that is also is important to recognize what our spouse needs or rather like what kind of response our spouse needs. Moving on to the whole topic of active listening. I mean, this word we always hear each other, hear people say you need to practice active listening. But what does that really, really mean in a relationship? How does that look like in your relationship? I think in this case, what active listening means is you are able to respond, be it a solution or with empathy or knowing what the other person needs and not just listen and just walk away. Because Heng Wei might need a solution, okay, and then I'll be able to give a solution. If I can't give a solution, then I'll tell her that I can't. But if she needs just an outlet uh, to vent, 
venting is also not a passive thing, right? Uh, because I think vent means like, you know, she needs someone uh, that will be able to understand how she feels, to empathize with her. So I think that's what active listening is. And I think active listening is also something that is always growing. I'm always trying to learn how to respond to her better. And uh, learning in this case also is really just discovering new facets of my spouse's emotional responses to certain situations. I guess what I'm trying to say is that there will be no end game to active listening. It's always a active, ongoing listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think yeah. no matter how many years you've been married, we still need to practice active mm. listening because we, when we go into the assumption phase that we talked about in the part one, a lot of frustration comes in. Mm. So... And if you don't have any listening, high chances you all both are not talking anymore either. So yeah. uh, that's a different ball game altogether. Yeah. But we need to practice all the things we've been talking about. Listening, the posture, the emotions, the setting time and space so that we can communicate better and make our relationship healthier and better. Mm. Well, in each podcast, we address a frequently asked question that couples ask about marriage. Today's question is, what does my wife mean when she wants me to just listen and not try to fix the problem? I'm laying the solution to her and then she says I'm not listening. Sometimes when things are heavy on the heart, we just need a place to share, you know, to air out that emotions through speech. We air out that emotions through expressing what has happened or how we feel about it. In that moment, we are not exactly asking or looking for someone to problem solve or come and make things all right. But it's just sharing as is, you know, how I'm feeling, this is what happened, and all that. I think it would be helpful if my husband comes and asks me, I mean, as he listens and then he asks me, really, like, do you need a solution to this? Are you hoping to solve it? Or do you want to hear from me what I think about it? Or do you want to hear how I feel you could make things right? I mean, if he's so explicit about it, I might just tell him, no, I'm not trying to make things right, you know. <laughs> I'm, I don't wish to fix anything here. I'm just telling you how I feel, you know. So being authentic and honest about what I'm sharing and where this whole conversation is going would be helpful for me if I am in that situation, yeah. yeah so being honest and sharing your needs. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and your feelings rather than just assuming that my husband should understand, he should know, or even uh, vice versa, where we sometimes assume too much. Yes. So you already know me, you already know what yeah. I want, but sometimes yeah. we just don't. I think it's also good to add on that it puts a guy in a difficult position when your wife assumes that the husband knows what she wants. So it's the classic example. So, hey, darling, what would you like to have for dinner today? And then the wife says like, oh, you decide. Or anything, you, anything for example. Oh, how about chicken rice? Like, no, you know I don't like chicken rice. <laughs> but you just asked me to actually decide on what to have for dinner, right? So I think same like listening and also finding a solution on how to respond. I think it's also good to be upfront to our spouse. Heng Wei, how would you like me to respond yeah. to this? Or do you just need me to give you a box of tissue and you just cry it out? And oftentimes that just helps. And it has worked for mm. us actually. Yeah, mm. Just bring a box of tissue and just stay next to her. And she just cries and it'll be done. And she feels better. Yeah, I think unfortunately, a lot of us assume that with X number of years of being married or more number of years of being married behind us, our spouse can read our minds. I think that's a myth and actually it takes a lot of work and intentionality 
to express our needs, express how we feel, express everything that happens between our ears, you know, in our minds. Because mm. it's very unrealistic to expect the other person to know uh, how we are feeling and what we need from them. So I think a very helpful way is just to express your needs honestly. And I think there's no shame in that in our marriage. I think that's a good reminder to all our listeners and even to myself. Keep learning, keep listening, keep improving and it's an ongoing journey that we need to keep uh, being active listeners and working hard and a marriage in terms of listening and communicating. Well, if you're listening in today uh, with your spouse, take an extra five minutes at the end of this episode to share with each other what respect means to you. Think of one active listening strategy to work on this year to improve your marriage. Do you know a friend or couple who are newly married or getting married this year? Do invite them to check out our Connect2 Marriage Preparation Workshop in May. Visit family.org.sg slash c2 marriage prep to find out more. We hope you followed and subscribed to our Connect2 podcast or share it with a friend who can only benefit from it. Thank you for tuning in and until next time, take care of yourself and your spouse.